Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. I'm just going to quickly share the word of God this morning. We are one body, one spirit, called in one hope. We have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God who is the father of us all. Hallelujah. Last week we shared from the subject, a lamb for a house. Now, my wife told me something that shocked me, um, and probably it is going to shock many of us here, that actually in English, um, the B is silent. Um, we, we, it's not lamb, but lamb. It was like my, my school fees was just too cheap for that. Um, my, to the shock of my kids, I always tell them that my school fees was 20 rands per annum. Per annum for the whole year, 20 rands. And out of that 20 rands, you get the stationery, um, you know. <laughs> so now they come and they tell us about silent bees and all of that. No, man, this is lamb. That's it. That's, that's, that's how much my school fees can, can afford. Hallelujah. Amen. And we spoke at length about the fact that we need to be in the house eating the lamb. Amen. Amen. And the house in a sense of the house of God and also our houses, there must be a lamb for ourselves and for our children. So let's go back to the book of Exodus chapter number 12 because this is going to be part two because we have to not just be hyped up about eating the lamb and not knowing what do we mean exactly. Um, It's so good to see, you know, the previous place uh, did not allow me to just browse and just look at everyone all at once. It was sort of like a divided attention type of a thing. Uh, so I love, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this setup, amen. I can see everyone beautifully, amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter number 12 from verse number 3. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, On the tenth day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. According to the, ha- to the house of his father, a lamb for a household, verse 4. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him... And his neighbor next to his house, take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 7, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. So there must be the blood, you know, at the door. Hallelujah. Because you cannot eat it unless you have partaken of its blood. Verse 8, then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, um, they shall eat it. Verse 9, do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. 
we were in Pulugwane um, on Friday and um, had a privilege of, for the first time, eating the entrails of the lamb, the malamhodu uh, of the lamb. Amen. Very nice. Hallelujah. I know my kids are not impressed with me at the moment, but that's, that's an African delicacy. Amen. Verse 11, And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Speak to us this morning. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't mean to keep you long, Bazalwane. Um, you know, this will require the whole year, actually, for us to go through it. Um, every detail that God gave there. You know, one of the things that I will always, you know, be... Um, Im- impress is not the right word, but it, this is something that always impacts my life to see how God was so careful with every detail in scripture, every action, uh, because it had a meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why even when Christ comes, he fulfills so many prophecies so that the fact that he is the Messiah will not be disputed. We have agreed that the lamb that we are talking about is Christ himself. John, upon seeing Jesus approaching in John 1.29, he says, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of this world. And Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, For indeed Christ, our Passover, Passover was sacrificed for us. Hallelujah. And lastly, Peter declares, 1 Peter 1, 18, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. We were not saved by our traditions. (laughs) verse number 19 but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot now take note that the children of Israel were instructed to get away or move away from the streets because there was going to be death they were supposed to be indoors in their houses with the lamb and they were supposed or they were instructed to eat the lamb. And and just in case you are wondering, maybe, and you are saying, but, you know, Fundisi, in the New Testament, how possible it is that we can be eating the lamb? And because that was then and this is now. But remember that the Lord Jesus Christ, before he was crucified, he just has a moment with his disciples and he just has what we normally refer to as the last supper. And in Matthew 26 and verse 26, he instructs them while giving them the bread. He, take, he says to them, take, eat. And he says, this is my body. He says, take, eat. Why? Because this is my body. I mean, the way that 
our Lord used to talk to the disciples and those who were around him was very uh, sometimes confusing to a point that they would want to stone him. <laughs> um, especially if he says things like these. He says, take it. This is my body. So probably you are wondering what is to eat the lamb and how do we eat the lamb? First of all, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ again is the word of God. John chapter number one from verse number one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse number two, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. So in other words, you and I, everything that we need and that we will ever need in this life, it is locked up in the word Amen. of God. Nothing exists without the word of God. Verse number four, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. But here's the gist of it. In verse number 14 then, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us or tabernacled amongst us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth so eating in the bible therefore bazalwane is prophetic it has a prophetic meaning to us as the church today as believers number one we are supposed to enjoy the lamb as the word that has been given to us by our father. Jeremiah 15 verse number 16 says, your words were found and I ate them. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me, the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. And that is the primary effect of the word of God whenever we consume it, whenever we digest it, whenever we just read it, not just for the sake of being informed about the contents of the Bible, but whenever we go through the word with our hearts opened, eating it. I mean, the prophet here does not say your words were found and I read them. He says, I ate them. So in other words, there's a difference between just browsing through the Bible and eating the Bible. There, there has got to be a level that we get to that whenever we interact with the word of God, it does not just go to our head, but it goes to our soul, deep down to our soul, and it does some work. And he says, your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. So in other words, I can actually dispel distress and, and frustration through the word of God. Just digesting and consuming the word of God. I can change my mood instantly by just dwelling and abiding in the word of God. And he says, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Ezekiel 3 verse 1, moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. He says, eat the scroll. <laughs> so don't just read the word, eat it. <laughs> 
consume it. And he says, and go and speak to the house of Israel. And that is the instruction and the commandment even to us who are preaching the word of God. We, before we speak, we are supposed to eat the word. We are supposed to eat the scroll. We're supposed to, and, and, the, and I believe that there is a reason why God says to us, we must eat the scroll first before we go to speak to his children. Because the word that we speak to his people, it must first work on us. The Bible says the word of God is alive. It is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I love that aspect of it when it says sharper than any two-edged sword. So in other words, the word of God, it is not only supposed to cut you as I speak it, but it is supposed to also cut me, penetrate into my heart. And it is only from that place that it can have a positive impact in our lives. In verse number two, it says, so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly. Feed your belly and fill your stomach with the scroll that I give you. So I ate, he says. Take note. And it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. And that is how the word of God is. Uh, I normally share with you that, you know, the, the beautiful thing about prayer and fasting is that you, when you are, you are fasting, you can feel hungry uh, to a certain degree, but, and you can plan that probably at 6 p.m. I'm going to eat. But if you stay in the word of God, you discover that by 6 p.m. You, you've lost your appetite, the physical appetite that is, because the word of God has that effect in our soul, even to the point of satisfying our, our bodies. I love what Revelation 10 verse 9 again says. It says, so I went to the angel and said to him, give me the little book. And he said to me, take and eat it. But take note, and it will make your stomach bitter. But it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Remember, the instruction in the book of Exodus was that they were supposed to eat the lamb with the bitter spices. Because the word of God, whenever you just read it, not to be informed, but when you allow it to work in you, <laughs> it will just uh, sometimes give you bitter experiences in your soul because it is not just there to inform you, but it is there to change you. It is there to transform you. Revelation transforms. It is, it is there to challenge you to visit certain areas of your soul that you do not want any other person to be aware that these things exist in our hearts. And sometimes the word of God will cause persecution for us. It will take us through bitter experiences where it will demand change and transformation in places where we do not want to normally change. That's why Jesus spoke about how we are going to be persecuted, not because we have done wrong, wrong, but because by reason of the word on the inside of us, because the word of God has a tendency of causing you to be at loggerheads with your friends and at loggerheads with your colleagues, at loggerheads with your family members sometimes. And, and it will introduce you to a season of bitter experiences, not because you've done something wrong, but it is simply because the word of God is at work. And what I like is that it is a balanced diet. As much as it gives you that bitter aspect of it, but it is sweet. In other words, you enjoy consuming it, but on the other hand, it works you. 
It wakes you, it gives you sleepless nights. It challenges you in areas where you would not want to be normally challenged. The word of God, it has that effect of going deep down and exposing areas that even you yourself never knew existed. That is the effect of the word of God. Psalm 119 and verse number 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. So yes, enjoy the word of God. But know this. Sometimes it will be bitter. Sometimes you are going to cry. Not because there's something wrong that is happening. But simply because the word of God is at work in your heart. It is at work in your soul. It is at work in your spirit. It is at work. It is busy changing and transforming you. Remember I said the word of God, it is not just for information purposes. It is also for transformation. God wants us to be changed by the word of God. So when we are eating the word of God, uh, number two, it is also for the purposes of meditation. Meditation. Listen. We, we don't, like, I want to repeat this. Our attitude towards the word should not be like when we are going through a newspaper. Or a book for that matter. We need to understand that there is an assignment carried by the word of God. To a point that without it, our walk with God becomes religion. Dry, dead religion. Are we here? Listen to what the Bible says in, in Joshua chapter number 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, keep on eating it. Keep on chewing it. But it says, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That word meditate can be compared to the act of ruminating. Ugoichisa. Meditating on it day and night. And here's the part I love. It says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So here's the second thing. We are not just reading to be informed, but we are reading so that we can do what the word tells us to do. Because the fact that I know something does not mean that I am doing it. There are many people who know the word of God. They are fluent in the word of God. But they are not doing what the word says they must do. They can quote the scriptures. But the word does not become flesh. They are not walking in the revelation of what the word dictates in their lives. So the Bible then here says we we are to meditate on it day and night so that we may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Not just to be informed about it. Not just so that we can brag about the fact that I know the word of God more than you. But I must be careful to do what the word tells me to do. And when I do what the word tells me to do, guess what will happen? It will bring satisfaction. It will bring fulfillment. This is what Jesus said in John 4, 34. He said, he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So as I read the word, as I eat the word of God, guess what? As I meditate on it and I do what it tells me to do, it brings that fulfillment in my heart. 
It brings satisfaction in my heart, in my soul. Why? Because I'm not just reading it to be informed, but I am doing what the word tells me to do. And when I do what the word tells me to do, guess what? I become wise. Because the word of God makes us wise. Jesus says in Matthew 7 verse 24, Therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, Not just hears them, hears them and does them. He says, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Why? So that even when the storms of life come, your life will be solid. Your marriage will be solid. Your business will be solid. Your career will be solid. Because many of us, we we are aware of the scriptures pertaining our marriages. But guess what? We don't apply them. And when the storms come, our marriages are shaken (laughs) to a point of destruction. Why? Because we don't do what the word tells us to do. We want to do what is popular in society. We want to do what is popular amongst our peers, amongst our colleagues. And we, we move away from the word of God. This is what eating the lamb is all about. Being obsessed about the words of Christ. What does Jesus say about this situation? What does he say I must do in this particular situation? But, but this, is, this is also what is beautiful about this. Then in Joshua 1 verse 8 where, where, where we have read it continues to say, Then you will make your way prosperous. When you meditate on the word of God. In other words, when you eat the word, when you eat the scroll, when you eat the lamb, what will you do? You will make your way prosperous. In other words, prosperity is not going to be difficult. Why? Because the word of God will be giving you revelation of what is it that you are supposed to be doing in order for you to experience God's prosperity. And then it says, then you will have good success. And here's what disturbs me about this scripture. It says specifically, it does not say then you will have success. It says then you will have good success. What does that mean? There's a possibility of experiencing bad success. In other words, there are people who look successful on the outside, but their success is not derived from the principles of the word of God. And the Bible therefore does not regard that as good success. It looks like success, but it is not good success. But as a child of God, I don't just want success, but I want good success. And good success is godly success. It is the kind of success that comes from God. In other words, I don't have to cheat anybody. I don't have to rob anybody. I don't have to lie to anybody. I don't have to pretend to be something that I am not. I have just to do what the word tells me to do. And then the Bible says I will have good success. There are many people who look successful. Who sound successful. But unfortunately, their success is the bad kind of success. If you can go behind the curtains, you will discover that the principles that they are applying are not so godly. They have to lie. They have to cheat. They have to cut corners. And that that is not the kind of success that we want. The kind of success that makes you not to sleep at night. The kind of success that everybody claps hands for you, but at night when you close your eyes, you know that uh, the causes say, Guko into a wrongo apple. 
There's something dodgy there. But we want the God kind of success, which is good success. And how do I get that? By simply abiding in the word of God, feeding from the lamb. Feeding from his word. The Bible says meditating on it day and night. So in other words, instead of spending sleepless nights about the wrong things that I am doing, I'll be meditating on the word of God. I'll be meditating on the goodness of God. I'll be meditating on the sweetness of the word of God. Whenever I'm faced with challenging times, the word of God will bring that soothing effect to let me know that all will be well. Are we here? And also, eating in the Bible speaks to us about the process of assimilation. I love this principle because this is the principle that we sometimes overlook as believers. You know, um, as Christians, sometimes we we just get carried away about the fact that we just want to be spiritual and and just move along, you know, and, and just be hyped up about everything. But sometimes we lack understanding of the word of God. I love what Psalm 119 and verse 130 says. It says, the entrance of your word gives light, it says. And and then it says, it gives understanding to the simple. Why? Because God wants us to understand how he operates, how he works. You know, take take this example. When Jesus Christ was talking about, I mean, this is a very popular um, parable. When he was talking about the four different scenarios whenever the word of God is preached. He says, uh, it is like a man who, who comes and he sows a seed, right? He sows seeds and he says, some will fall by the wayside, by the, by the stones and whatever the case may be. But I love the, the last part of it when he's talking about when the seed falls on good ground. He says, this is the one who hears the word of God and does what? And understands it. And understands it. Remember the first one he says where he says the birds of the air will come and steal the seed. He says this is the one who hears the word, gets excited about it, but lacks understanding. And when you lack understanding, then the birds of the air, the demonic spirits come and steal the word. And it is not going to produce the results that the word of God is intended to produce. But when you have understanding, you've heard the word. But then you did what you had understanding. And how does that understanding come? Not just by visiting the word of God, but consuming it. Being obsessed with the word of God. Not just reading it once a month, once a week, but living. It becomes my daily bread. It becomes something that I, I, I dwell in, I abide in. It becomes something that I am obsessed with more than the newspaper, more than the social media updates, more than the, the news reports and all of those apps that are on our phones, but I will be forever consumed with the word of God. And when I do that, the Bible Bible says the word of God will bring understanding. It will shine as the light and it will open up my mind so that I can understand what I am reading. Because sometimes people, you know, fall away. They depart from the faith because of lack of understanding. Because some of us, we grew up, our traditions and cultures and all of those things are way stronger. We were indoctrinated, we were taught, and and sometimes we find ourselves understanding those things better than we understand the word of God. And that's why it is easy for us to fall back to those things. Because we lack understanding in as far as what the word of God says about God and about our salvation and about our redemption. 
So we have got to have understanding because once we have understanding, we have chances of producing the fruit that is required from us. Not just 30-fold, not just 60-fold, but a 100-fold fruit. The fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit of God in our lives. It will come through understanding. We cannot be effective Christians if we don't understand. We have little information. Why? Because we read one verse a week and we think we are fine. We read one verse a month and we think we are okay. And we lack, and whenever our faith is challenged, we don't know how to respond. Because we don't understand. I always make this example that I got saved at the age of 21, right? 21 years. So in other words, for 21 years, I was schooled and indoctrinated from other schools of thought, right? For 21 years, my mind was wired in a particular way. Then here I am, I come, I get saved, right? All of a sudden, I think, by just reading one scripture a month, will I undo all of what I have learned, which was wrong for 21 years? No. And guess what the Bible says? As a man thinks, so he is. So I can be coming to church, but my behavior will not change. Why? Because as a man, I still think like the old way. That's why the Bible says, therefore, in Romans 12, that it was Paul speaking, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God, he says, Paul, he says, do not conform to the systems of this world or the traditions of this world, but he says, be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So what does it mean? I must go to the word of God, read it more, so that my mind can be renewed, can, can be changed. In other words, I can be given different kinds of thinking patterns by God. And by so doing, guess what? To change does not become a challenge. Because as a man thinks, because I'll be meditating now on this new revelation that I am, I am receiving. But many of us, we become casual with the word of God. And that's why the Bible still speaks about the strongholds that are still there in our minds. Because these are the things that we've been thinking about, talking about. These are the things that we've been taught. Our uncles used to sit down with us and teach us things about life, about this, and, and things that are not from the word of God. And guess what? Strongholds were developed in our minds. That's why we behaved the way that we behaved. It is because our minds were wired in that particular way. And only the word of God can renew our minds and change the way we think and give us a new perspective. That is what repentance is all about. And many of us, we try to change our lives, but yet we still think the same way. We try to say, I want to become a better Christian. But guess what? My, my mind is still wired in the way that I was in the world. Amen. But when I go to the word of God, it washes my mind clean. Amen. It begins to build new thinking patterns. And guess what? The more I understand, the more the light comes. Amen. And when that light is not there, guess what? Darkness takes over. I want to close. There are three stages where we are fed with the word of God. This is the believer's diet. First level, it is the level of the milk. 
First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes, take note, desire the pure milk of the word. Right? I mean, look at the Bible, Bazalwan. All of us, we know in the natural, when the baby is born, you, you don't just give the baby bread. You don't give the, the, the baby meat. Right? Chakalaka. Mama says chakalaka. You don't just take the baby and give them chakalaka, you know, and, and give them. No, you don't do that. How do you do it? You, you start with what? With milk. You start with milk, and, and the Bible compares the word of God at the early stages because when, whenever we are new believers, uh, the Bible says we are newborn babes. Why? Because we are now born again. Because first we were born in the flesh, but when we believed in Jesus Christ, we were born again. We became babies again. When in as far as the Lord is concerned or the spiritual things are concerned. But then the Bible says our responsibility at that stage, it is to desire the milk. Develop an appetite for the milk. The basic principles of the word of God. The basic principles of salvation. The basic principles of the kingdom of God. And that's why we are talking about attending classes and all of that. Why? Because we, we want you to be fed at the level of a baby. And that is where understanding comes. But, but I love this scripture because it says, the milk, it says, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You, you, don't, you don't stay there. You, you, you go for the milk of the word to grow from it. So that I can, I can develop. And why is God doing that? He is preparing me for the next level of diet. And the second one, which is the bread now, it becomes a, a bit harder. <laughs> I always tell people that, you know, the Lord will always be very nice to us whenever we are innocent and we are new babes in the Lord. And, and it's almost like when you pray for anything, things happen. Now, how many of you remember that stage when you were a, a new baby in the Lord? It's almost like, you know, everything, things were happening. You ask for this from God, God does it. But then he says, ah, let's grow up a bit. Let me just teach you my principles first to know that I will not just do anything for you. You also have got to learn some principles, how things are done, you know. There's a stage where, you know, while we are still learning, God doesn't really, you know, bother you. You're still learning. You don't know much about tithing. You don't know about giving. You don't know about do this and that. He just does things. But then at some point he says, nah, let's change the diet. Let's change the version. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna with which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. He says that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So as we grow from the milk, we become youth in the things of God. And God introduces us to a new level of diet and he begins to give us the bread to make us stronger now to make us stronger as believers to make us 
to make us stronger even as 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 leaders he makes us stronger he gives us this bread and we begin to understand that they to whom much is given much is required we also have the responsibility to change the responsibility to grow the responsibility to pray the responsibility to fast the responsibility to give the responsibility to be obedient to the commandments of god i mean before then we used to get away with quite a lot of things the book of exodus in times past god used to overlook our ignorance but there is a time where he demands for everyone to repent when we are now becoming more stronger and stronger now there are certain difficult conversations that we can handle that when jesus says take it this is my body you can handle that it does not shock you when he says this is my blood it does not shock you because now you are handling things that are much more even in the natural bazalon we you after a baby grows and they are now stronger and they you know then you change you give them solid foods a bit so that they can adjust their taste buds are going to change but here's the last one which is the third one it is the level of the meat it is the level of the lamb it is the level for the mature Hebrews 5 verse 12 For though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God The first principles are those from the milk from the bread but so that we may grow and once we the, I always tell people your 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 sign of growth it is when you are able to disciple others to teach others what Christ has taught you. Yeah. Great commission, Matthew 28. Go into the nations and and, and and disciple the nations, right? Then and then he says baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. Right? But the part that we overlook here is the fact that Jesus continues to say and teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you to do. Amen. Take note, teaching them to observe it from your life in other words you are now at a stage where you can teach others you have you have mastered following Christ i'm not just growing by knowing more of bible verses i'm growing by becoming a better disciple of Christ a better follower of Christ and when i do so others can learn from me amen and it shows that i am mature you are not mature because you know more verses But you are mature because the verses are affecting you. <laughs> the verses are changing you. The verses are transforming your mind. The verses are affecting how you speak. The verses are affecting how you think. Your perspective, how you run your family, how you run your business, how you carry yourself in the community. So Paul says, by this time you ought to be teachers. But yet you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Why? So in other words you I don't understand you you, you are not growing. It's been a year since you were born again. It's been 2 years. It's been 5 years. Vat makir mejo. Samejo fro. Verse 13 for everyone who partakes only of milk listen is unskilled in the word of righteousness why for he is a babe 
verse 14, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those, here is what the full age is. Those who by reason of use, by reason of, not by reason of knowing, by reason of using what I know, right? By reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's a sign of maturity. When I can, through the word of God, not through my own goodness and my, 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 my own righteousness or my own religious mindset, through the, by reason of using and applying the word of God in my life, I can discern between good and evil. Amen. I can discern between good and evil. And from that perspective, guess what? I can be able to teach others. I can be able to train them up in the ways of righteousness. I can be able to disciple them and show them this is how you follow Christ. This is how you commit yourself to Christ. Remember Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, he says, you have to first deny yourself, pick up your own cross and then follow me. But if I have not allowed the word of God to deal with my flesh, then how can I lead? Remember, Christ puts, I mean, um, Paul puts it this way. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. So my reason of following you as a leader should be because you are following Christ. Going where the Lamb is going. And the only way you can do that, it is when you are able to deny yourself. Less of you and more of Him. Less of you and more of Him. John puts it this way, I decrease so that you may increase. And remember we said, and when we become more like him, then the serpent will have nothing to feed from, from us. Because when the serpent was cast, God said what? You shall feed from the dust of the ground. And that is where the first man, Adam, was made from. So in other words, when I go back to the nature of Adam, the carnal man, then the serpent has a reason to stay around my life because he has something to feed from. But the more I become like Christ, that is not his diet. The more I become like Christ, I choke him. The Bible says resist him and he will flee from you. But the only way I can resist him, it is when I become more like Christ. I eat more of the lamb. I eat more of Jesus. And I become more like him each and every day of my life. In other words, make sure the Bible says, eat him in haste. Make sure that you lay all of the necessary foundation of the principles of the kingdom of God and grow. So that Satan will have nothing on you. He will have nothing on you. He will have nothing on you. Even Jesus Christ said it himself. He said he has nothing on me. Paul says do not give place to the devil. But, but, but many of us, we've let our gut down. And when we do so, we give room to the enemy. He has something to feed because there's too much of dust. Too much of the flesh. Too much of carnality. Too much of the first man, Adam. But what about the last one? What about we become more like the last Adam? Become more like Christ. 
so that when the enemy goes around you, he will be like, you know, saying to God like Job, he says, ah, but you've put a hedge around him. I cannot touch him. We become more like Christ. We frustrate the enemy even when we are pursuing more and more. Because you, you, let me tell you this, the more you decide to pursue God and his kingdom, the more Satan will want to discourage you. Yes. He'll look for an opportunity. But when he does so and he finds you, number one, in the house. Two, not just in the house, eating the lamb. You are not here for gossip or any other thing. You are here to eat the lamb. You are here to eat the scroll. You, you are here to, even when it's sometimes bitter in my belly, but I'll focus on the sweetness in my mouth. Why? Because I am being changed by the word. I am being transformed by the word. And the more it changes me, the more I am changed from glory to glory into the very same image that is revealed from his word. I become more like Christ. And, and when the enemy, you know, ended up seeing me at this level, next week I am at another level. The other week I am at another level. I am getting deeper and deeper in Christ. I abide in him and he abides in me. To a point that there will not be any difference between me and Christ and he will not have anything to feed from from my life because to me to live will be Christ it is no longer I who lives but Christ in me I'll put my flesh and crucify my flesh each and every day. Everything that my flesh desires, I will tell the flesh there is no room for that. Here we are eating Christ and we are eating Christ alone. We are not going to eat from the Lord's table and go and eat from other tables. Here we are eating from the Lord's table. We are feeding ourselves from Jesus. Each and every day we are being fed from heaven. The manna from heaven give us this day our daily bread bread. In other words, every day when I wake up, I am waiting on God. Waiting for that word that is going to penetrate in my heart. Waiting for another word that is going to be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Waiting for that word that will penetrate my heart and give me more understanding. And the more I have understanding, the more I change. The more I'm transformed. The more I take the likeness of Christ. And that is what God is expecting from all of us. That's why we come to church. We don't come to church to have fun. We come to church to eat the lamb. Because if we don't, there's death out in the streets. And like we said, we don't want to be collateral damage. Because that death is not meant to deal with the children of God. But it is meant to deal with those who are outside the will of God. Our place is not in the streets. Our place is not in the world. Our place is in the house of God. In the kingdom of God. Because even though we are in the world, we are not of this world. As far as we are not the same. As far as we are not the same. We are not the same. Even though we are in the world, we are not of this world. That's why the Bible says, do not conform to this world. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. The presence of God sets us apart. The presence of God makes us different. Yes, we might be working for the same company, but we are not in the same kingdom. We are not the same. We might be attending the same school, but we are not of the same world. We are not of the same kingdom. Kingdom. Let us stand on our feet, please. We are not the same.
we are not the same. Father, we thank you for the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of this world. We are so grateful that we have you, Jesus. That even as we come to your house, we come so that we can partake of your divine nature. And as we partake of your divine nature, we are filled. We are fulfilled. We are satisfied. Because nothing else in this world can be compared to you. You alone are the one who can fulfill and satisfy us. We are complete in you. We are complete in you, Jesus. We give you praise. We honor you. Take us back, O oh God, to your table where we are going to be fed by you, not by the systems of this world, not by our traditions and the philosophies of men, the doctrines of devils, but where we will be fed from heaven. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that even at many stages in our walk with you, some of us are at a stage of the milk of your word and some of us are at a stage of the bread and, and yes, some of us, you are challenging us this morning, oh God, to become more mature so that we can eat the solid foods and so that we can disciple others, so that we can lead others to you, Jesus. We are so grateful this morning. We are so thankful this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, just for 60 seconds or so, just pray for yourself and ask God this morning for whatever it is around the word that God will, will do it in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.